Welcome to Eterna. Keep your dice rolling, your friends close, your monsters closer, and don't let the old gods bite. This podcast is an Eldritch Dream Games production. A dark fantasy Pathfinder game laced deep with cosmic horror. We'd like to thank our patrons for making these things possible. Brian Bridges, Donald Bewley, Eric S. Pat, Frog Shark, Robin Mims, Thomas Wayne Haley, Rip Rex, and Tim Demuse. We'd also like to honor the memory of Wesley Sullivan. Now, let us listen. So last time on Dungeon Ball Z, you guys uh, fought a horrible monster and kind of just kicked its ass despite its technical major strengths against <laughs> all of you. Um, but you took it out in the sunlight where it's basically a bitch, immediately blinded it, drained it of a level, and then just <laughs> keep blowing shit out of it. So... Or the unliving shit out of it. So, and that went pretty quickly. Um, I think it was a total of two full rounds. Um, yeah. <laughs> 12 <maybe> seconds. <laughs> yeah. People barely had time to run. Um, and after that, it returned to the inn. Uh, Shadow spent the last evening, she, uh, for hopefully just a while and not forever, uh, with her brother. And Leaf, uh, helped Dimble get introduced to the Vardo. But all you gotta sleep eventually, and the morning will come around. Shadow, you'll find a note uh, waiting for you. Truth and Akron have already moved on, noting that uh, he knows you suck at goodbyes. So here's goodbye. You better show up later. I, th I think she more or less expected that. So she's sad, but uh, she's not surprised. Russo and Nina are up, having spent quite a bit of time last night uh, speaking with Riley over some new expectations and uh, looking for a few people throughout the great mega city slash country of Solaria. But they're up in the morning with the rest of you to see you off. Dimble has woken up and is ready himself. Lady Zilla is also going to be coming along as well as Void. Box, Wasabi, Greymulkin. The party's all here. Yeah. Does Lady Zilla seem to be doing okay in this material plane? Yeah. Okay. She seems annoyed that it's hot, but 
other than that, she seems fine. Okay, good deal. You notice that her clothing has become less and less covering as, as the day had gone on. Uh, and since you can see through her shadows, she, yeah, she does appear to be sweating. Shadow doesn't have a problem with her if she wants to get absolutely fucking naked and nobody else can see it, so. Right. But she still does wear clothes. Um, and you see the odd sort of, I guess you could call it biological function of sweating for for a shea that her body sort of like materializes frost that quickly evaporates as opposed to uh, the traditional like sort of you know water and shit she seems mildly miserable with the heat but otherwise fine anything as you set out for the north And I think we've got all of our preparations more or less done. I think Hat said he needed to introduce somebody to Shadow. That's right. Yeah, so, um, I don't know, I'm, I'm assuming they've got, like, breakfast and stuff already going, as that's their, their typical, like, AM schedule. And so yeah. when uh, Shadow comes crawling out of her hidey hole, um to the smell of bacon or whatever else it is that we've got. Uh, you meet a colorful little gnomey boy named Dimple Fimblethop. <laughs> it's a pleasure yeah. to meet you. I'm one of Leaf's old friends. Lemon pit for crusted bacon. Mm -mm. I, am, I, am, I am his new little sister. I, Leaf, you didn't tell me you had a sister. Or another oh. one. The uh, <laughs> the little sister's probably one of the um, least impressive of her titles. Oh, uh, I, I am also Shadow's High Priestess of the Silent Seven, and I am the Duchess uh, Nisa of Nocturne Hills. Oh, well, well. Person Don't forget Dragon Slayer. Oh, yes. Dragon Slayer, that's very impressive. I did not do that by myself. Well, I think you still have a couple dozen to go before you have Riley beat. <laughs> I, I am not in getting in that competition because that is more talking than I wish to do. Uh, that's <laughs> fair. That's fair. Uh, about the Dragon Slayer thing, though, maybe keep that on the down low if we're going to Celestia. There are a lot of dragons around there. And while some of them absolutely kind of deserve getting kicked in the proverbial dick, uh, the rest of them, maybe not so much. They're kind of not bad people, but yeah. It was not like a dragon afraid. like in this plane's dragons. It was shadow dragon. Uh, still, the generalization of the term can cause you some issue. But I do need to go down to the Celestia. Uh, is that not the right? This is where the mountains are. Yeah, well, there's mountains all over that place, but uh, if you're talking about a, a lot of mountains, yeah. Yes, I need to go there. Do you know where it's at? Uh, north. Uh, we're already heading there anyway. Yes, 
I have to find the thing. I have a map. Do you want to see the map? Um, uh, sure. She'll show him the map. Uh, like, he'll, like, point, like, a lot closer to where y'all are, like, on the borderlands of Solaria and Celestia. Uh, showing, like, this is where we're headed right now. You're way over here. Or, like, did you have, like, a location mark? Yeah. Okay. Her grandfather gave her the map to show her where she, the general, and they don't know exactly where the temple's at, but the general area. Looks like you're up close to Stenheim somewhere. What is Stenheim? It's a great dwarven city in the mountains up there. And maybe Getting they... in is a real pain in the butt. Oh, they do not like me? Oh, they don't... Uh, well, they'll let anybody in, but you gotta pass a test. It's a real pain in the ass. Although I don't think any of you'd have any trouble with it. Uh, and they're not exactly the... Uh, I guess you could say best to outsiders in general. But they're tolerant to a degree, I guess you'd say. I am used to that. It's much worse for the people that actually live there. As opposed to those that are just visiting. I just want to know if they know where the temple is. They might. It's the closest large city I can think of. What? I said that at least friends are as smart as he is. It is like everybody you know is smart. Uh, he traveled around a lot. And you're looking at the man who uh, showed me how to travel. Oh, he at least the right way. Which, um, you can make me a knowledge local, um, leaf to see if you know how to gain entry to Stenheim. Do 26. 26. So the famous entry uh, medal to Stenheim is acquired by fist fighting a land shark. <laughs> you have you don't have to kill it. You have to wrestle it to the ground though. And that's that's what they let people in for. Uh my my friend uh, Dimble here might also be a little bit vague as to uh, what sorts of tasks might get you through those gates. Uh, if my if I recall correctly, uh, last I checked, you had to wrestle um, a land shark to the ground. Yeah, some people call them boulets. Some people call them bullets. Some people call them bullets. Either way, they're a land shark. They swim through Earth. Or, I guess, they legs, But They're known for being quite cantankerous. Oh, uh, yeah, they're ornery sons of bitches. <laughs> uh, but uh, I do not know how to wrestle in sharks. I don't, oh, you just I, gotta knock it over, really. I don't know about that. That is not in my training. Yeah, I mean, they're a little difficult. 
I mean, I have a... And he starts digging through his bag and there's like... You hear like clinking and clanging and, and, and rustling and shit. He's like, uh, yeah, I've still got one here. And he holds out a little, um... A little metal with an embossment of a mountain on it. Uh, it's like, even I got one, and I'm a little guy. I do not think size matters so much when it comes to a fight. They're pretty open on how you do it. You're not allowed weapons, but they don't disallow magic. That could definitely be helpful. But I, they're at the temple. There is all kinds of people, and some of them are shorter people, and they are still uh, very much forced to be reckoned with. Absolutely, it's great to be underestimated. It is not wise to underestimate somebody based on their physical characters. No, but it is hard to knock over things that are much bigger than you. Well, I guess I still had to start learning how to wrestle sharks. But in the meantime, we have a brother we have to save, yes? Yes, yes. And with any luck, we can convince... Uh, with any luck, we can convince the Enclave to actually let us in without any trouble. But barring that... Oh, I can get in. And the problem might be getting out. Well, that is not typically a problem either. Well, I hope that it'll help at least. I'm coming along because I've got a few friends that have joined. Or rather, uh, I've got a few friends that have made some peace with the Enclave, so I'm hoping to be able to use that leverage. Does this brother look like you, Leaf? Uh, somewhat. He's he's really a half-brother. Well, if it is difficult and I have to go in and get him, I will need to know what he looks like. Uh, I, I, I can give you a rough description, but sadly my artistic skills aren't what they used to be. Um, just He's he's uh, not quite as tall as uh, some of the other elves in the area you'll see, and uh, ears not quite as long. Eyes are still dark, but you can see maybe a bit of the white around the edges. Uh, high cheekbones, uh, normally the sides of his head are shaved. And, you know, just, just goes over like a rough description. Um, last I saw, he, he had quite a few uh, holy symbols. And uh, that was, it was Abadar, right? Uh, he um, actually worships Galandra personally, but he has many holy symbols because he'll work for any of them. So he, he had quite a few holy symbols. Um but I, I'm not sure if my sisters would have allowed him to hold on to those. It is not right to take a man's holy symbols from him. There are a lot of things that aren't right with that place. Well, let us go and rescue the brother. 
And then I will have another brother to add to the collection. Is everybody ready? No objections. I am ready as I can be with there being sunshine. <laughs> I have finished the lemon pepper crusted bacon. I think now is the good time to go. All right. Um, uh, we can just make our way generally north from here. Um, and here's your map back, and he gives you your map, um, Shadow. And he pulls a map out of his backpack that's um, a little more, I guess, he's zoomed in, uh, a little more detailed. With any luck, these will be the faster uh, paths that we can take through the city heading north. We're gonna pass through several wards before we get uh, before we get there. It's probably gonna take a few days still. But there are different places we can stop along the way, inns that are sizable enough to be able to take everybody, things like that. And then he'll like hold after looking at it for a bit. He'll like hold it up to uh to Leaf and Riley. But maybe if we have to go through so much city, we can find one of the um mage people that can send uh, magic messages and find out uh, if he is okay where he is at. That's possible. There are several mages all over magic shops here and there. The issue is going to be, you generally have to know where the person is, and even then, there are usually distance limits. Hmm. But it's entirely possible. No, it may be a bit pricey. Oh, well, I do not have money. I give all my money to Mr. Morheim. <laughs> Yes, I have it filed away. I have, I have a few spells that might be able to achieve something similar, but as Dimple said, uh, I'm not certain uh, where he'd be kept. So we'll see. So like the um the most likely spell to be useful is called sending. Uh it's most likely going to cost as per a level five spell uh from a mage. And you could definitely find that along the way if uh if y'all wanted to do that. I can look up those costs right now. Is that something y'all are interested in? I don't think so. Caster level times spell level times 10 gold. So, 9 times 5 is 45, 450 gold to cast sending. Mm, no. I mean, at that point, can we just, like, find a wizard to teleport us to where we need to go? 
how big's the spell casting around the region? Uh, pretty prevalent. Um, it is a super city. Ah, super city. Uh, <laughs> apparently, uh, druids get this really cool spell called Animal Ambassador. <laughs> <laughs> which which is, is basically animal messenger but whatever animal you've got delivering the message is temporarily awakened to sentience for the duration of the spell so you just give it like a location and a description and it just looks for that person I love that and that's it can great. like talk and stuff that's, that's pretty dope it's fourth level so I can cast it damn I'd be casting it all the time I'd never <laughs> stop casting it <laughs> just you get like a little sparrow on the wonder sale. Excuse me, Mr. Morheim. Uh, you've been cordially invited <laughs> to dinner. There's going to be uh, lemon pepper bacon and some sort of hard tech. <laughs> I love it. And then, you know, it just goes back to being a dumb old animal. Yeah. Take away its sentience. <laughs> That's not cruel at all. <laughs> Alright, so yes, you could get teleportation, but there's several downsides to that. For one, to move the whole group, you'd need multiple castings. Uh, and if you wanted it to actually be safe, it would cost more. Yeah, that sounds hella lame. <laughs> Unless this journey is going to take like eight weeks or something <laughs> no you know, if it's only a few days far north yeah you're pretty far north uh so it it's a matter of uh a few days cool riley will ask leaf when he's gonna learn how to teleport though uh well i i do have some means of uh shifting long distances through the trees but uh, the more advanced magics are still escaping me. Yes, but you think someday you'll be able to do one of those fancy diagrams on the floor and create some sort of circle of teleportation? No, uh, no diagrams. Some of the uh, arch druids were capable of just asking trees nicely. And uh, the next thing you know, you're halfway across the world. Maybe in the long run, we could set up some sort of tree-based transit system worldwide. I'm unsure of uh, how reliable that would be. Well, if you're unsure, then I'm more unsure. <laughs> I've never... never. But, you know, <laughs> level... Six spells, allegedly, is where I get transport uh, via plants. And that's basically unlimited range teleport as long as there be trees. <laughs> there be trees. Yar. <laughs> no refunds. <laughs> All right. Uh, so that was a no on the sending? Correct. All right. So you continue your travel northward and sort of westward, uh, making your way closer and closer to 
uh, the forest in which Alayshal Gonclave calls home. And fucking Grey Malkin is having none of it. Um, <laughs> so you travel a few days more, travel a few days more. Every day you start to notice that there's more and more shadows from the buildings as the sun moves through the sky. There's more people in the streets talking more and more about the, sh the sun moving and the light tilting uh there are more you know doomsday sandwich board guys out on the corner <laughs> uh and it, it's you, you can basically feel this rising sense of tension there's uh, as you travel along there's a little bit more of a guard presence there's a little less um you know, just vibrance and celebration uh, peppered here and there and a, a little more of a sort of overhanging stress until eventually you come to the edge of Solaria where pretty, pretty sharply the buildings... Uh, that reach up high into the high into the air, sort of just terminate, and there's immediately like a little bit of farmland, but really not much, and and a road, and you can see probably a few thousand feet off the beginnings of a very large forest that obviously sits amidst rolling hills and with mountains in the far backdrop. And for Leaf, this is probably a very worrisome or odd sight because the last time you saw this, it was behind you. And it was many, many years ago. It's funny normally when you've a weight on your shoulders uh, traveling's a good way to take your mind off of things but I, I can't help but sense an impending doom to no one in particular it'll be okay Leaf you'll see uh, what I told you I will protect you and not let anything bad happen to you I'm, I'm certain things will be okay by the end, but I'm afraid of what it'll take to get us there. It's, uh, don't have high hopes for it to be uh, an, an easy task. Uh, Zola kind of chimes in, just like, as if anything is easy these days. I'm just hoping for the shade to do some good about this heat. Well, I'd, I'd hope with family that it would be. And like Void kind of speaks up and he's just like, no, it's not always your family that uh, ends up being better for you. I think you're right. Besides, it 
You better remember, we are all family now. They do not stand a chance to, against us. There is nothing we cannot accomplish. Well, I, I'm certainly glad to have everyone here with me. But it's good to know that Leaf does not have high, high hopes for the limit. For the lemon pepper. <laughs> for the lemon pepper. <laughs> Besides, is not uh, Riley the head of uh, this little family of waters? And he never fails. <laughs> I don't know. Call you haven't seen his fortitude saves. <laughs> calling him the head of the family is just a few <laughs> steps removed from calling him daddy, and I don't like the implication. <laughs> I prefer Guildmaster Daddy. Thank you very much. <laughs> no. Guild Daddy. <laughs> So, traveling on, you close that distance relatively shortly. The woodland is much as you remember it, Leaf. It's still thick. What trails there are, narrow and obviously not commonly tread by heavy traffic. They do seem perhaps a little more uh, ingrained in the surroundings, but not by much. As the like sandy and and stony tones of the city are left behind, you're now surrounded by green and brown and vibrant earthy colors. I feel like Leaf is probably pretty nervous. Uh, he's definitely on edge. It's just kind of like going out here is, is the boot in the air and he's just waiting for it to drop. Um, I, I do think he's uh, making himself visible at the front of the Vardu, you know, like driving or, or whatever. Uh because I, I guess he feels like maybe he's least likely to take an arrow through the throat if they see that he's an elf. Um, and, you know, he'd just give general warnings as far as, you know, what what to expect should uh, they be ambushed or something like that. Uh, but but he's, he's definitely waiting for the other foot to drop. Knowing that this is where Leaf comes from, um, Shadow is watching all these trees, waiting to see if any of the rest of them walk around and talk like Bob does. <laughs> uh, it, it does not seem uh, that they they move about on their own, no. But since you are actively perceiving the trees, go ahead and give me a perception check. Just walking around, introducing herself to all the trees. Uh, she's no not idea. talking. She's just, uh... <laughs> oh, nice to meet you. She's just waiting to see if the rest of them are, are like fox, if that's the thing where all trees do. Uh, 31. 31, right? Uh, I think probably not very long after you enter the woodland, uh, you would notice perched very, very high in one of these massive trees. Uh is an individual uh, who is pretty well camouflaged, but they stick out just enough for you to notice them. 
Oh, well, she'll just look up at him then and be like, Oh, hello! Is it, is it uh, nice up there? Uh, they um, immediately sort of like retreat onto the branch they were from and jump to another tree. Well, that is not a very friendly person. Uh, Leaf, um, you would have definitely heard this encounter. Shadow? Yes? What did you see? There was a person in the tree up there, but when I tried to say hello, they ran away. I guess he maybe like sits up and he says, which way did they head? That way. Is, is, is that in the direction that we're heading or? More or less. Yeah. Do you do you want I should go after them? I am faster than that. Uh, no, I, I think it might be best to keep this with as soft a hand as possible, but uh, they will likely be expecting us now. Why do they sit in the treetops? To scout. To be aware of uh, trespassers. Oh, well, they are not very good if they get seen. Well, I, I think it's more that you're just better. Uh, hiding and sneaking uh, in these parts is a, a trade that's frequently trafficked and uh, we're, we're certainly known for being quite stealthy at least our scouts are but uh, you and the Silent Seven are incredible I am the only sneaky one Can you imagine Truth trying to sneak anywhere he walks around in that armor? Chomp, 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 chomp. That's not like fair. Speak for yourself. I can sneak a bit. Hmm. You can try. Hmm. I don't think you will outsneak me. No, certainly not. But that doesn't preclude me from being sneaky. Okay, well, you'll be sneaky. I want to know who these, these people in the trees are. Probably just a scout. Uh, well, but... he was rude. He did not say hello back. I, I would not expect much in the way of courtesy, especially not from the scouts. I think the bigger question is whether or not uh, they recognized me or if they're just going to treat us as uh, blind intruders. Would they sit in with both of my papas that are, are ills? Hmm. Hmm. I think waiting for them to approach would be a better diplomatic option as well. We can do so. Well, if it is diplomacy you want, it is better for one of you do it, because I do not diplomacy so much. Uh, I, I can take the lead there. I can help uh, if things start to devolve. Was, is that Dembo? No, that was uh, Void. Hmm. Um, Dembo kind of pops out of the Vardo and is just like... And me too. Well, uh, 
I, I appreciate the assistance, but hopefully I should be able to handle things. Oh. So I, I suppose we wait. Are you holding still and waiting, or are you continuing on? Um, oh, I know what we do, Liv. When they get here, you let Riley introduce himself. By the time he has finished, I will have gotten in, gotten your brother, and gotten back, and they will not be there to have known it. Uh, I'm not so sure. It is a long title, and I move very fast. Uh, per perhaps we'll keep that option in our pocket. <laughs> um, I, I guess while we're waiting, because um, I, I, I imagine we just halt while we're waiting for the return party from the scouts or, or whatnot to accost us, um, I, I guess I would spend the mythic point to do the animal ambassador and send it to um, try and find Thon. All right. Uh, what do you want it to tell him? <clears throat> Just say that um, the leaf is arrived uh, in the area around town with uh, a party of trusted friends. And uh, I, I guess if there's anything that he can do to... Um, I guess reduce the severity of any response to our arrival. Um, it would be appreciated. All right. Uh, head notes in here somewhere that had your stuff. I need to know names. Uh, I've got a notepad here with labeled contacts that's got the important names. Oh, Not sure if that's yep, what you're that, after. Yep, that's the one. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. All right. So you continue on for a little bit, waiting for this uh, this interaction. Uh, you would figure that they'd try to cut you off uh, because the, the the thin enough trail for like you to travel easily with a wagon is pretty one way. It doesn't or like it doesn't branch a whole bunch. Uh, so if you follow that, you expect they'll find you easily. Fair enough. Then, you know, once the ambassador's sent off, um, I guess just get us moving at a lazy pace. Okay. So you continue on for a while and you start to notice something that you hadn't seen last time you were here. The, uh, the trail begins to become more obvious. Not more tread, but definitely like 
There have been plants grown in place to make deviating from the trail more difficult. Hmm. Uh, from, it's intentional. From vines to bushes to more tr young trees uh, and things like that. Uh, what's your base uh, nature knowledge? Base nature excluding the ion stone? Or like if you rolled a zero? Uh, 22. 22. Uh, you would know that some of these plants are um, plant creatures uh, that are, you know, on their own fairly lazy, but react to being like interacted with. Um, something like akin to assassin vines but less proactive about hunting uh, I mean am I getting the impression that my trying to talk to them would be met with hostility uh, you can try and speak with them uh, they, they react to being touched uh, you would know that much Okay, then... Uh, they tend not to be super deadly, either. They're not as dangerous as assassin finds. Just, uh, just to, like, slow people down and make make a bunch of noise when people are trying to stray. I get it. Um, then, then yeah, I, I think maybe he'd slow down and, and take an opportunity to, um, I guess, question one of these plants... And uh, I guess just just ask, um, hello there. Uh, my name is Leaf Goldthrush, and you are? Hello, hello. <laughs> they they give you a feeling uh, rather than a name in return. How long have you been growing here? Mm. Uh, it tries to translate a sense of having been a long time. For it, at least. Okay, but it's, it's not like, oh, you know, six winters. No, nah, they're not necessarily that, um, that informed on the construct of... That's, or the understanding of the construct of time. Okay, okay it's, I, I gotta remember, I'm talking to a plant. <laughs> like an angry fern. Like, like they, they can tell you things, they just aren't really actually smart at all. They don't know much. Has there been much traffic through here recently? Some animals. No people. Not in a while. And then, um, I, th I think he he more or less got his 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 general curiosity sated there, and um, hops back up on the wagon. And I, I guess who who would be closest to him in in like the driver's seat? I don't know where everybody is. I wanted to say that I think, um, if possible, maybe like Riley throws up a, a hood from his cloak around his head. Since you mentioned, you know, um, 
these people not or these people being more focused on elven people of elven heritage so maybe he could like stay close to you without being like oh hey i'm obviously a human <laughs> you know um so that if shit goes south he can step right in to help out yeah well then yeah. i think whenever he gets back he, he just gives you know a little sigh and uh he says well it, it still seems like there's not much foot traffic from from people in the area but this this path is curated and uh some of these plants are meant as um deterrence or, or can be aggressive so just be careful straying from the path Ah, uh, it's the shadow plane all over again. I bet stepping off the path would probably curse me. No curses, but several of these plants might find it in them to try and eat you. <laughs> yeah. Th those vines that you were talking to, they don't actually, in of themselves, for example, eat people. They rather have a, um, what's it called, symbiotic relationship with uh, various animals in which they will trap a living creature which will uh you know wear itself out trying to escape another animal will come along kill it and they gain nutrition from the blood right i, I figured as much <clears throat> and uh yeah then i guess we continue down the path slowly but surely yeah oh. you travel along and the trees go from being a couple of feet thick to getting larger and larger as you start to enter closer to the heart of the forest. And these are more the trees that you remember seeing in your youth. Many, many feet thick branches as large as other trees reaching up and touching the sky. And you feel a little odd. Um, there's a sort of lightness to the air here. And you almost hear like distant calls, your name uh, echoing, not between the trees, but from them. And I, I think maybe, you know, more for his benefit than anything, but he, he's, he's, as he makes like his commentary and stuff like that, um, I, I think just having someone hear him like say some things is, is probably like helping alleviate some of the tension. And so, you know, if, if Riley's still listening, uh, you'll, you'll hear Leaf just mutter about, uh, you know, it's funny. I've spent so much time dreading returning to this place that I, uh, can't remember the last time I felt this kind of nostalgia. Uh, I've missed this place in its own way. You know, I um, I can talk to plants, but it's been quite some time since I've had a greeting in this way. It's um, more voices than I'm used to, and it seems the this place remembers me. I kind of wish that for at least a moment I could hear the world through your ears then, Leaf. That sounds simply fascinating. And I think after a few more minutes, as the 
voices cease to be a distant echo and more a emanation from every passing tree, a friendly and warm reminder, a welcome home. Small leaves scatter like confetti and bright colored uh, puffs of spores and and uh, insects flit around. Uh, each one uh, a small shard of the spirit of the forest welcoming you back. And this, while not heard, could definitely be seen by the others. Yeah. I think if Riley can uh, pick up on least obvious levels of, like, discomfort and concern, um, and not just because of that, but also because this is, I, I think he would just do this, but he, he I think he's going to ask a lot of questions, too, about the area. Um, Riley himself had not have really haven't ever been up here. Maybe he's read a tale or two of the region in one of his father's journals, but I would imagine that being in such a wooded area in the light side of the world um, is kind of uh, breathtaking for him. And noting the size of the trees and probably all the fancy, nice, uh, like foresty colors. Um, I'm sure he'd have questions abound and he'd be moved to talk even more just to engage Leaf and uh, try to quell some of his concerns, at least for the time being. I mean, does he have anything? Any tales uh, about the area? Any tales? Um, uh, give me a knowledge look. Yeah. Uh, 27. So very few. And of course, uh, Leaf would know most of this to be more folktale than anything. But um, one of the uh, tales you've heard is about a great sort of... uh, sort of beast of the forest that supposedly lives up here because people come in and never ever leave uh and uh it's definitely something you've heard actually all the stuff you know about the elves from this place comes from leaf so this place is otherwise pretty much known as sort of like a monster a monster land or a very peaceful forest like extreme opposites um in the tales you've heard uh and read about this place is that it's either got some terrible horrible monster secreted away within it or it's absolutely fine and then the people in the middle ground go like the monster's not always gonna eat you and that's that's sort of the middle ground of the two Cool. So Riley will uh, say, um, so Leaf, tell me if this uh, rings any bells, but when I was younger, there were some rumors floating around the city of a uh, terrible clawed monstrosity lurking in the woods here. Something with a gaping maw capable of swallowing children whole. Does that have any uh, truth to it? I, I can say there are quite a few beasts that we keep in the town, but nothing that I 
I would imagine to be anywhere near that description. Uh, Nothing that would creep into Solaria proper and take bad children from their bedrooms into the woods to slowly devour over the course of a few weeks? No, uh, I, I think most of the folks that trespassed on these lands, at least when I was young, our scouts had a policy, a bone broken for every twig snapped underfoot. But as, as you can imagine, that proved uh, impractical. You know, so many people trespassing and having to go back and record that just to mete out an exacting punishment. That's silly. And so they just started putting arrows into people. Uh, but on occasion, when meaning to leave a message, uh, they've been known for their theatrics. And uh, I, I don't imagine in particularly egregious circumstances uh, that anyone over here would be above pitting a beast uh, towards a group of travelers to have them thrash about in the night aided by green speakers particular malicious ones uh, might lead to a tale like that hmm okay well maybe then uh, taking a step away from beasts and trespassers how about this other rumor I heard of a certain type of berry that if you were able to find and consume it, it would give you limited flying capabilities? Do you know of any such thing? <laughs> That's, uh, I, I think that may be a rumor spread by uh, my sisters. That's, um, you get a lot of foolish trespassers leaping from the upper branches of trees. Uh, it makes for easy target practice if they've broken their legs. Okay, I wish that things didn't keep looping around to injuring trespassers, but, uh, oh, Leaf, why don't you tell me about some interesting ingredients that you like to cook with from the region? And if the word trespasser leaves your lips, I'm going to give you a furious stare down. The broken bones and flesh of trespassers. Covered <laughs> in lemon pepper. <laughs> I, I apologize. Uh, my my upbringing was a bit more on the militaristic side, and so uh, I, I was left to discover most of the the wonder of the forest on my own. Uh, Box is a good example of this, actually. So, um, we've an interesting symbiotic relationship between the trees, the ferns, and some of the insect colonies in the area. And, uh, you know, it just kind of like points out into the air. If um, you can see certain streaks of light in the night and where they gather, if you breathe particularly deeply, whenever you blow out, your breath uh, will fog up in a rainbow. But best not to do that or breathe that too deeply. Is uh, I've seen some people get particularly sick from that. Trespassers That's and all that incredibly whimsical leaf but it doesn't get night over here are you okay <laughs> son of a bitch <laughs> well, maybe one is really cloudy for it. <laughs> it gets, cloudy it gets, yeah it gets cloudy come on okay <laughs> I, I don't i don't know if i'm ever going to get that right never son not of a even gun. once <laughs> well, that's so embarrassing like that. yeah i i meant like like in the future you know, 
on account of the new new fangled solar cycle. <laughs> oh yes, in the future, this highly whimsical <clears throat> thing is going to happen. Yeah. How insightful of you, Lee. <laughs> God, I <laughs> suck. <laughs> 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 it was, was such a nice description too <laughs> yeah and i was like oh do i just let this go or do i point it out and I'm like i think i gotta point it out so oh i, I just decided you're a trespasser get him bucks <laughs> break his legs he's a dullard <laughs> riley engages with a vicious stare down for leaf having said trespassers yet again <laughs> power attack you with my eyeballs yeah, uh, so I, I think uh, once we start talking about whimsical stuff, Riley's going to um, call out to wherever Shadow is lurking because uh, if there's one thing he knows is that she is the sort of person who would enjoy whimsical talks. So... <laughs> Shadow is walking around watching now because not only let the trees get up and start walking, but there are rude people hiding in them. <laughs> Hey, Shadow, have you heard tales of a mystical berry that exists in this forest that if you consume it, it lets you fly? No, I don't hear tales about this forest where I am from. Oh, Leaf was telling me all about it. They call them uh, raccoon tails. And you consume one to three of them and you get the limited ability to fly around. <laughs> <laughs> You know, now that I think about it, actually, uh, given your newfound friends at uh, <laughs> with with the professional brewing friends, uh, you might be able to make something uh, of an interesting beverage out of those berries. Uh, something that makes you feel as though you're flying. Leaf, I think I, I think you would know that that's how it works. Period. Like you don't actually fly; it just makes you feel like. <laughs> And maybe a little delusional, which is why it works. <laughs> and imagine what that would be like fermented. Oh, I think we have a new quest. <laughs> I feel really heavy. <laughs> Take psychedelics with Riley Morheim. <laughs> <laughs> Just put that up on the side quest board. <laughs> oh, maybe that's how we could sneak into the Enclave. Maybe we could collect a whole bunch of these berries, ferment them, slip them into the water supply. You know, we get the entire Enclave high, and then we'll sneak in unabated. Dude, I can taste altitude. <laughs> I don't like your altitude. <laughs> uh, got him. <laughs> so... You continue traveling along this cultivated path, uh, passing perhaps along the way a few, uh, a few um, points of evidence that these uh, these protective plants have caused some uh, death, not necessarily of human, but uh, definitely of non-plant. Ah, uh, trespassing animals. <laughs> they got what they deserved. Uh, you can go check closer and see if they were animals or not. N nope. <laughs> <laughs> I smell a trap. <laughs> um, and 
continuing on, eventually those uh those plant like walls basically they sort of taper out fade away and the path is a little more open again but uh, it also seems like it branches two direction and uh go ahead and make me a geography check since it's been a really really long time leaf geography that's a 15. All right. So with your 15, you realize that one of these paths, one that is obviously much less walked, heads toward the gates of the Enclave. This is not something that existed before. Like, And I, I take it the other path would lead away from the city? Uh, it's an older path, one that continues heading north. Okay, um, <clears throat> then I, I guess divert us toward the Enclave. All right. So you continue making your way for a little while longer. And you will see somebody step out from the trees and brush at the side and stand in the road ahead of you. Probably about 60 feet. Everybody give me perceptions. Ooh, 27. 22. 29. All right, so I think a lot of you would notice a few more people uh, emerging from the sides of the path, um, both in front and behind the... uh, little group uh, Shadow you also notice a few figures uh, perched in low hanging branches of the trees are any of them the man she saw before uh, not that you can tell uh, especially since all of these people are wearing very covering robes and cowls and so their um, their faces are obscured showing only uh like their eyes not not unlike your armor actually but flowier the main figure a a tall figure um standing in the middle of the path holds up a hand to you uh leaf like like a greeting or just like stop yeah like a halt halt and seat then I, I think he does, and uh, he will make to get out of the Vardo with his staff. Box at his side. So you get down, and uh, you would hear from the trees around, uh, they say step forward, and you would know that green tenders are speaking to the trees. <laughs> <laughs> they say step forward, pass it on. <laughs> <laughs> wow, how passive aggressive. <laughs> nice. Um then then yeah, I think he just marches forward, uh maybe like leaving box slightly behind him so as not to appear like threatening or aggressive, but 
to I, I think he's just kind of using box maybe I, I don't want to say like as a status symbol or something like that but just kind of as, as like a marker that he's also a trained green tender if they're not directly familiar with him um as you step forward um you would probably hear uh, a couple of uh of uh like almost gasps not not really so surprised as a gasp but like i don't know how to explain it um baited breaths i guess um and uh then you hear from the trees again that tell you uh stop and then he does um and you know i i think uh he he'll just you know whisper back to the trees and uh He'll say, "You can, you may tell them Leaf Gold Thrush has arrived." And there's a bunch of shifts around uh, these people uh, around you, <clears throat> and most of all, however, the person standing in front of you uh, kind of like starts uh, as if in uh, some some surprise and he pulls down the um the cowl over his face and uh you see you see Heldile, your father and I, I, he looks very um he looks very surprised i i think leaf would be just as surprised like um but I, I think he'll make to approach to get within like fair speaking distance, so he doesn't have to shout. Uh, yeah, you you approach to a certain degree. Um, after that, he can sort of like hold holds a hand up like below, like 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 just there, sort of hand signal. Um, go ahead and make me a second perception check. At this point, twenty four. Right, you're closer. So I think you look up and see uh, a uh, another figure wielding a scythe stood up in the tree directly above, or directly like in front and above you. Um, and you figure this is likely one of your sisters. Then uh, I think maybe... Um... He, he'll just call out and uh, say, I, I see one. Where's the other? Mm, Heldile will speak. She's currently tending to other business. What brings you back here? Family matters, I suppose. I'm told Thon was brought out this way. He was. I take it you worry for his safety. Among other things. I've heard tale of uh, what sounds <laughs> hints of desperation uh, in regards to the Enclave. I'm imagining you've fallen on hard times if they've sent you to go greet guests. Things have changed. I see they have for you as well. And he, like, regards the party behind you. For the better. He kind of like closes his eyes and like there's a almost imperceptible like shaking of his head 
But like, and he opens his eyes again and he's just like, so be it. Are you here to help? Or to cause problems? I seek to do as I've always done. That doesn't much answer the question, Leaf. If there's good to be done, then I shall do that. Tell me of your troubles. He'll motion to the side of the path uh, and a, uh, a split in the bushery will appear and he'll walk towards it. I think he'll make a glance back towards the, the caravan behind him before proceeding to follow. So after you follow the... Uh, the trees and bushes kind of close in around you, not like super close or anything, but uh, this is sort of a, a partition. It's meant to help include some extra privacy to the conversation. Um, and you wouldn't see uh, that your sister swings down from the branch she was on, taking the spot where your father stood uh, with her uh, scythe, uh, at the ready, kind of just glaring down the rest of the group. <clears throat> but, uh, Heldell will, uh, there is something awoken in the center of the heartwood. Related to this corruption? Perhaps. Perhaps not. In ways, it feels as if it is the heartwood itself trying to come awake. But all the signs we can tell, it is not time that the forest is meant to wake. It is not yet time. So we've been trying to find ways to slow it or to stop it. Beyond that, a disease has begun to take hold here. From where? I cannot say. It simply appeared. We've tried to trace its origins, but it leads nowhere. Have you had any success in treating it? With our own magics, very little. One of our scouts was sickened, however, and fell ill out in the forest. That were happened upon by an outsider. Their magic seemed to affect it. This is why we called for Thon. Is he still here? He is. He's only been here a few days. Then uh, I, I suppose uh, we should see what, where I can help. I, I trust uh, that my party will be seen too. Safely. They will be kept. And no harm will come to them so long as... No harm comes to the Enclave. Then uh, I think some of us, that, or some of those that I've brought with me may be able to help here as well. We have great deeds uh, amongst the group here, and uh, I think whatever's happening between the disease and the heartwood, uh, we may, able to, may be able to make some progress in solving it, remedying. But we'll need freedom to act. We shall see. Do not take it as an insult that allies of yours would not be trusted to respect 
the enclave or the heartwood then I, I make them my responsibility you've not been here for a long time Leaf you abandoned the enclave the only reason your sisters didn't come out and immediately tried to kill you is because of our current situation and I mean I, I, I think even given the gravity of the situation he he still just through years of force of habit gives you know a, a bit of a worried glance to the trees wherever the other ones or where, wherever they might be lurking I know she's like out on the path and the other one's tending to business in town but you know it's just just a habit of superstitiously just checking for them in the area and uh, uh go ahead and make me a sense motive uh, before you oh okay. that's that's my not specialty wow that's a total of eight <laughs> um I think you pick up some really like harsh, harsh vibes off of that last statement. Like you probably, if you do help and this all gets fixed, you probably want to leave pretty quickly. Like they'll probably, like you get a feeling like you helped them out, they'll give you some leeway, but you're still not welcome. I see. Well, and he says, well, if if my presence here is uh, as unwelcome as I imagine it is, at, at least let the the trees, the spirits of the woods speak for me. I, <laughs> I'm capable, but I, I, I can't be kept under watch or restricted by the elders here. We're going to need to be able to do what needs to be done. So I suppose we should get to business. I will do what I can to allow you to help. But what outsiders believe needs to be done often is not. I, 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 Motion and the, the sort of uh, little inboxing will open back to the path to which you see your sister like standing in the path. So I, I guess growing up with, with the twins... Um, he would have probably had some means of telling them apart. Is any of that like present? Like I don't, I don't know if he could name which twin is present. Um, I think if you get a little bit closer, which you would have to to leave, um, uh, that you would know that this is Amber. Then I, I just think he kind of gives her, maybe not not like cold but certainly not warm. And, you know, he just, you know, nods and says, Amber. Traitor. <laughs> then I, I think he gestures towards uh, the companions, you know, the caravan, and um, tries to get everybody moving for the reception here. Um, back up to to Riley. I, I'm, I'm assuming, you know, I'm, I'm able to escort or our people towards the town um, back from the Vardu, right? I'm, I'm not expected to be like shoulder to shoulder with Helldale. No. Uh, yeah, you're, you're allowed to be back here with everybody else. And the whole of the group will sort of be slowly guided forward. Then um, I, I think 
we we get the the main heads of of our little caravan here into the Vardo, and uh, I think he just relays the situation, and that um, times are dire. Um, I I don't know if you've noticed the woman with the sigh standing in the path, but if uh, she's willing to sheathe her weapon, then certainly we're more on the end of desperation than I had thought. There's some awakening happening in the heartwood that I can't speak more to until I've had a chance to look at it myself. That there's also a disease. All of this is very worrisome. And um, I, th I think I can only say again that caution is of the utmost importance while we're here. If uh, they're bordering on the edge of hostilities with me, I, I wouldn't want to take any risks with any of you. You say that there's an awakening and also a disease. Any idea if the two are connected? I, there's definitely potential, but uh, from what I've been told, which is minimal, uh, it, it doesn't seem like the issue in the heartwood has stemmed from any corruption. Uh, it's, it's the timing is off. The forest isn't due to awaken according to this, the schedules uh, as, as given by our greenkeepers. It's um, hard to tell. The druidic magics that we that that we have here didn't seem to be taking much effect on the disease either, uh, but some outsiders have managed to cure it, and so I'm I'm curious to find more on that. Maybe there's uh, some some help we can scrounge up from amongst the talents here. Well, considering the social atmosphere, I suppose it'd be best for us to keep focused and create a very straightforward plan. Do you want to look into the disease first and then perhaps venture out and check out what the awakening's all about? I'll also assume you want to find your brother. Thon uh, appears to have been brought here specifically uh, in, in relation to the disease. They were hoping perhaps his relationship with his god might have some impact on the spread. Uh, maybe he could cure it. So given his uh, magics aren't quite like what is provided by our grain tenders. Uh, so as as far as I've been told, he should be safe. Uh, but I, I think the first concern is uh, our, our reception here and we can begin investigating once everything is settled. I'm imagining the, the scouts and the guards are going to be quite jumpy while we're getting everything settled. Then one step at a time, I suppose. So you travel forward, the members of the Enclave surrounding uh, the caravan as, as a group. As you slowly push forward, Eventually, you see the walls uh, of the Enclave much taller than they used to be. Previously, they were maybe like 10 feet tall. Now, it's closer to 20. Perched upon them are 
guards uh, of the Enclave and the great woven gate that uh, of, of root and wood that you used to occasionally enter and exit from as a much younger man stands before you as the roots begin to unfurl and open you see another set of walls inside these ones shorter more akin to the ones you saw when you were younger but they cut off this entryway from the rest of the enclave a few small woven huts exist in this space but very little else you're herded into the small area and made to stop Eldale will speak you'll hand over your weapons they will be collected and held and should no issue come about, they will be returned to you. You can have my sight if you wish to have my sight, but you will not take my holy weapons from me. Make me a diplomacy check. Okay. I have 30. What are your holy weapons? They are star knives. I am her priestess of Black Butterfly. Uh, he will call up to another elf uh, in Elven uh, who will descend uh, along with a gnarled root uh, or or branch rather um, to the ground. Uh, and he'll speak to them in Elven, which of course you understand. He says... Uh, to make her uh, make her and then an elven word which translates directly to mean heresy but doesn't necessarily mean it uh, in the exact same context as you would use it in common but uh, it tells them to make their heresy not a threat uh, and so this this person will approach you and hold out their hand and say your weapon. Okay, so I'm gonna hand. I'm, well, I have to produce the scythe out of my glove and hand that to him, and then I can hand him my shocking short spear, and I will hand him my two normal star knives. But they're not getting my star knives of the void. Um, are you going to, um? try and hide them or are you going to hide them that she wears them on her hips okay uh, he passes all these off to a different elf he, he says the others these are holy you do not get to handle them I will make them not a threat they are not a threat unless you are a threat they will not be held here you will not take my holy weapons from me and I, th I think at this point, Leaf is just going to kind of step forward and uh, just say, please elaborate on your intentions. Uh, these are sacred artifacts. They will be enchanted so as not to be a threat. 
so that way you may remain in possession of them for your religion. You do not get to enchant my holy weapons. You do not get to do my holy weapons. Can he'll, I make like a... He'll, he'll make a sharp whistle and you start to notice a lot of bowstrings being drawn. Could I make like a spellcraft check to identify like what the standard procedure, like what spell would he be using or what, what it is that they would be doing to... Uh... Uh, sure, yes. 14. <laughs> um, you're not exactly sure. Scheiße. Um... Perhaps some weapon-specific variant of sanctuary, but you, you don't know. Or like like peace bond or something. Yeah. Um. Then, <clears throat> uh, I I I just kind of put a hand out and I say, um, Shadow, would uh, <laughs> would you object to to my uh? crafting a, a sheath for these blades so that they couldn't be drawn so as to assuage their worries. I will take my weapons and put them in my room and not wear them openly if that is what they wish, but they will not touch them. Then uh, to prevent incident, would you do that? Yes. The um the other elves uh that were interacting with this specific lady um will nod. Then uh she will take them to her room and put them in her chest along with her uh glove. She she'll actually put them in her glove and put the glove in her chest. Alright. Then, you know, as as Leaf is handing over the staff and the bow. Um, he says then she's uh, stowed these weapons far away and is effectively disarmed for her stay here. She appears to have the ability to leave this place at will, however. She will be closely watched. I feel as though we were going to be closely watched regardless. Consider it more so then. That is acceptable. Uh, does Riley give up his weapons? Uh, yeah, uh, question first, though. Um, one, while this is going down, um, the the elf in charge that uh, we've been talking to that's requested our weapons, um, I, I think Riley wants to get a sense of, like, is this, like, a trustworthy man? Is this a good man? Is this an honest man? Um and to that extent, I think that he wants to use the locket to, unless unless this is like obvious casting of a spell, I, I forget. Uh, um, no, but you just focus on it. Yeah, then he wants to see uh, how this guy's loyalties line up to his own first and foremost. Uh, nothing strong one way or the other. Cool. Then second off, did Riley catch a name of this individual? Um, you have not heard his name unless, uh, Leaf has spoken it. I, I don't think he would have named him, no. Then... Pointed out his relationship to him. 
Um, then the only other thing that I want to do is maybe do sense motive to, All right. um, yeah. Oof. Let's see here. Sense motive, uh, 14. Uh, you don't get a strong sense of this man beyond what seems pretty obvious. Um, he seems very rigid, um, mm -hmm. both physically and, uh, interpersonally. Um, and he definitely seems to know a bit of what's going on, at least, um, and doesn't seem to regard any of you except for Leaf, really. Okay. Then is he the one taking the weapons or is it some other no, dude? That was somebody else. Okay. Hold down to do so. Yeah, um, sure. Uh, I guess Riley will uh, forfeit his equipment. He starts with the unimportant stuff that he never uses, but he will end with the uh, rapier he always uses. But as he passes over his father's rapier, um, he would like to like make the importance of the item relatively clear to the elf that's you know demanding us to hand us over um you know something sincere he's not trying to be like oh let me keep this he's like this is something worth the world to me um and i think through his words he's trying to show like i'm not going to put up a fight and i hope that kind of shows that i'm here to try to you know, help out and to respect your customs. Um, you know, it's a family heirloom. His father's no longer with him. His father was a great warrior and he goes nowhere without this weapon, but he hands it over in respect. All right, make me a diplomacy. Sure. Diplomacy. I am going to surge for even more diplomacy. Okay. That brings me to a 28. All right. So I think uh, like they give us like a small nod, even though like as they touch uh, like the metal of it, they show like a face that's kind of like a bit disgusted. Like and like when they were handling like the bow or the staff, they, they didn't it. That never crossed their face. These people don't seem to like the feel of metal. Ah. Uh, um, that sounds like something that Riley might know through a knowledge local, right? That sounds kind of... <laughs> I don't know. It makes sense to me, the player, but I don't know if that's like a sensible thing for Riley to come to the conclusion of like... They're not just recoiling because he's a filthy human. <laughs> no, I don't think you would think that they're recoiling because of that. I think I think you could tell that it it's obviously because of like the feeling. Uh just because of like the same way, like if you got slime on your hand and you were just yeah. like it it's kind of that whole series of micro actions where it's just like Ugh, uh at that. But they like nodded at you like just a little bit, but with sure. some seeming kind of understanding. So Okay, and Riley's not going to get too twisted about it then. God, I should have taken improved unarmed strike. <laughs> so, uh, 
course, Void uh, will um, hand over his star knives. He has a, a symbol of the, uh, the lady, so he's not too worried. Um, and he also has that special weapon thing that Grandma gave him. Oh so. yeah, he'll, he'll hand over the um, oh, shit. What's it called? Leviathan bow. Yeah, like that. Um, he'll hand that over, and Zilla will hand over her falchion, and uh, Gimbal will hand over his um his Eidolon's uh, saber, which is way too big for him to wield. <laughs> but uh, you're all effectively de-weaponed. Um, and basically are pointed out that these huts here are for you to stay in. Uh, and they're pretty meager. They're not made up to be nice at all. There's a there's like three, three strange to you kind of beds. God damn it, hiccups. Uh, beds within them. And I think uh, as you do that, Leaf, Helldale, motions for you to follow him. Then um, I, I guess he just says... You know, stay safe, and um, makes his way to follow. So as the second gate begins to unravel, you see your home, where you grew up. So just just as far as like general vibes, making his way over there, how much has the town changed? It's grown a bit. Um, very much in a literal sense. But I mean, uh, does does it look like it's fallen on hard times? Physically, like the the structure, the trees, all that. Not so much, but there's definitely a lack in the air. Uh, less people, it seems. While at the same time, there's being, you know, people here and there. It just seems less full and you're not entirely sure if that's a change from just the way you view things or if it has something mm -hmm. to do with what's going on I, I'm assuming I'm allowed to bring box with me right? yeah box comes in okay um then I, where's he being led to in in the house? Oh, not the... I, I didn't mean, like, your house, like, the... Oh, the, okay. <laughs> the whole enclave. Like... Okay, yeah. Your home. Um, but you are being led uh, toward your your fam familial home. Oh, okay. Then, um... Yeah, I, I, I think, honestly, he's, he's just trying to... Uh, compare what he's saying now to how he remembers it. It very much looks the same. You know, expected growth over a period of time, but it just feels different. And once again, while a bit early, it was very densely 
um, packed session. So I think we'll end it there. Okay, that's fine. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, uh, meeting the twins and you know all of Leaf's family and all of that. Uh, it's, I, I've been waiting for it for a long time, and it's um, ramping up to be something pretty cool. The emotional weight. How can you carry all of that emotional weight, hats? Through Leaf's monotone voice. Oh. Hi there, my name's Don. I'm a proud patron of this podcast you just listened to. I'd like to take a moment to talk about some of the projects that I work on. When I'm not listening to Tracy, Sean, and the rest of the gang tell wonderful stories using the Pathfinder rules, I like to make podcasts of my own. I'm the GM in the Starfinder homebrew adventure Hexgrid Heroes. On the other side of the GM screen, I play Cory in Pokemon Seicho and Peleus in Ashes and Allomancy. I also like to sit around and talk with my friends about how horror movies can be used in a haunted house setting, and for that, check out Fountain of Fear. All of these podcasts can be found at hexgridheroes.com. Good day. This is Dick Horney, inviting you to explore the world of Dustress, a unique homebrew setting within an Elder's Dream Games universe. Come along as the Hive Queen leads a gambler. Cowboy motherfucker with six shooter. I ain't never moved cattle in my life. I am a gambler. A Native American. He he doesn't have a lifetime of eating processed food, so he probably is actually quite regular. And a Detroit teenager. Okay, so we're rolling into elves, aliens, and troll dolls. Through discovery of new magical abilities, struggle with the reality of unknown gods, and maybe learn a little bit about themselves along the way. Visit Eldritch Dream and Duster's Podcast on Twitter for details. They took to the stars and became stars. So it says here you're from another galaxy? Yeah, Milky Way. I don't think I'm ever going to get used to saying that. A band that influenced entire galaxies. Sector 8, let's make some... Until their inevitable downfall. Fuck you, and fuck you too, Switzerland. Thanks for having my fucking back. Now, 20 years later, they find themselves unpleasantly reunited. James, what are you doing here? We're an entire motherfucking galaxy and you show up on this place. In a place where things are not what they expected. One of our staff members just happened to go missing this morning and uh, I kind of had... Travis? I understand. Why the uh, fuck do you have a guitar? <laughs> LCP D&D presents Odyssey, a musical actual play adventure set in space using the Savage World system. Listen in by searching for LCP D&D on your favorite podcast platform or find us at lcpdnd.com. Welcome, Forsaken Travelers. Do you like sci-fi fantasy atmosphere? Do you like bad, scary movies, cult classics, and more? The Crow, Beetlejuice, Frankenstein? What about dad jokes? We have those, too. Tune in to the podcast for the Untimely Dead every other Sunday on your favorite podcast app. We'll see you there. If you would like to become a patron, check us out on patreon.com forward slash Eldritch Dream.
Also, if you like the show, give us a review on iTunes. You can also find us in the Hive, that's our Discord, link in the description below. You can also find a link to our merch on SoNerdware.com. And find us on Twitter, at EldritchDream, at EternaP, and at Dustress Podcast. And until next time, everybody, may the Elder Gods haunt your dreams. It was a shot in the dark when I asked the Lady Sheena and her two cousins to join our search party for the little girl. The kidnapping. That's what they're talking about? They already sent out a party after the girl, but there's been no word of them. We set out on foot, as giants can make better time walking than with any carriage. We're not against giving help when help is required, but should I be unable to pull you up? What's the mountain's wishes? I didn't realize... My adventure with the cousins was just beginning. And they went in the direction of the other tide ribbons. They went the way the sun comes up. I was about to see the world, for better and for worse. Time to Die Podcast Network presents The Giant's March, an immersive actual play D&D campaign. Search for The Giant's March on your favorite podcatcher or visit Time to Die RPG dot com